Welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. We intend for this to be a regular Monday boost for you. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving good advice, hearing stories from some amazing radio people, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and will become available soon after the end of this actual live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Meet our guests live on the Clubhouse app or subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. We actually have two podcast, the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast. And both are on Apple right now. Both are on Spotify right now or both or wherever you get your podcast. You catch a trend going on here, right? Well, of course, it is Monday, October 11th. And today we have two very special guests, Becky Damien. All right, go ahead. Say you can do it. I know she was in. Thank you. So I told you 47 <laughs> percent. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how bad this is. That because really she's a person that deserves great respect. She's the senior VP and market manager for Odyssey in the greater St. Louis area. Okay. And look what I just did to her. Also today, Scott Harold is with us and he is the program director and morning show host SOS Radio in Las Vegas, Nevada. Today, we also have a very special guest host. Ashley Wilson is with us, who is with iHeartMedia in Louisville. Before we get started with the guests for this live event right now on Clubhouse, don't forget, next Monday is October 18th, and Mike Biddle will be here. He is the program director and afternoon host on 94.7 WQDR and Curtis Media Group in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can always see our guest calendar all the way through November. We might even have some December bookings. I'm not sure yet. You can check that out in the blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We have encouragement for on-air and promotions called More Than Live and Local. And we have even more encouragement for local radio sellers with something that we call the Encouraging Sales Success Series, as well as free resources for anyone in radio today. We do not lock away anything on our website like some consultants do. So anytime you want, just go to RainmakerPathway.com and see what you can get for free from our team. Please follow the people that you see on stage at this event tonight and look around the room to connect with others. We are big believers in not only encouragement, but we think a big part of encouragement is networking, getting to know other people, especially in our industry. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Higher ratings are not a mystery. It's a practice. It's what we do. Our clients love our exclusive products like our music lab, which prevents music drift. Our branding candy, which hyper focuses your brand images for success and our morning show fame development coaching that puts the accent and the action in the right place to create the correct audience consequences, i.e. higher ratings.
If you know somebody who needs some help, reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Let's check in with Ashley now. She, of course, is from iHeartMedia in Louisville. Uh, she's filling in this week for for Heather Froglier. How are you, Ashley? I'm great and honored to be here with you, Lloyd, and great big congratulations to Heather uh, as she's being inducted into the Country Radio Hall of Fame. So uh, great. that thing so it's on wednesday she must be in high prep mode she's probably trying to build that speech that they make you give you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i would be a little anxious if i were her as well but yeah an honor to be here with you i always enjoy nerding out about the world of audio (laughs) all right so i always start with a quick question for our co-host each monday here is my question for you It, it really seems to me that you take a deep interest in artists. And I don't mean just the ones coming out of Nashville. What drives your interest in music and just how tapped in are you to all things Louisville? I am a music lover overall. Um, Now that things are opening back up and we're getting back out into the world as far as live entertainment goes, it has been such a joy for me to get out and experience concerts that aren't country because I get my fill of that. Um, So I've been to see a a number of different acts recently, everything from Metallica to Amos Lee, and um, so that, that's been a real thrill for me because I enjoy live entertainment so much. It's one of the reasons that I got into this business. And as far as uh, Louisville, I think whatever market you're in, it's extremely important to be tapped into what's going on in your market as far as the, the rising artists and the artists who uh, have a legacy in your market. Uh, whatever it is that you do with your brand, you really need to be tapped into to what resonates with the people in that community. And uh, for me specifically in Louisville, um, one of the great things that's happened recently is that there is a, a young artist who has become extremely popular as of recent, and his name is Jack Harlow, and he is from Louisville, and he is doing much like J. Cole did for his hometown of Fayetteville, North Carolina, in that this young man is reinvesting back into the community. He's putting Louisville in the national spotlight. He made a uh, donation to five different nonprofits in the community recently and elevated them on his social media. KFC Yum Brands, which is based out of Louisville, also decided to match those donations. So um, I, I would not be surprised if Jack does much like J. Cole and creates his own music festival and um, nonprofit and gives back to the community. And while I work in country, I think that it is so important to know who is important to the people in your community, because Jack Carlo is a guy that resonates with so many people in this area, no matter if you're a country fan or a rap fan or a top 40 fan, you you need to know um, who those people are that are um, being leaders in in your community, music-wise and otherwise. I so sense this about you, by the way, and I don't mind going on record and saying I think you are one of the the rising stars in this business because of your acumen in these kinds of areas and others that I've seen just in the period of time that I've gotten to know you. So, So listen, you've got a great guest for us this week, don't you? Who do you have for our live event? 
Yes, uh, Scott Harold is a program director. He's also a morning show host for SOS Radio in Las Vegas, Nevada. He has been named one of radio's best program directors by Radio Inc. Also, radio's 30 Under 30 Shining Stars a couple of different times by Edison Media Research. And I've got to say, doing some research on Scott, I am seriously impressed what he is doing with SOS Radio. Uh, he's had the number one morning show in the Las Vegas area. So um, it's, like I said, extremely impressive that you've got a Christian radio station that is a top performer in Sin City of all places. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Scott, welcome to the radio. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Thanks for having me, Lloyd. We're so glad you're here. So, Scott, you've worked in commercial radio. You've done Top 40. You've done Country. But now you're working for a a nonprofit, listener-supported Christian radio station. It's actually... I didn't mention this before, a network of stations with SOS Radio. So what brought you to SOS Radio and why that transition from commercial radio to the nonprofit world? You know what? It was kind of funny because I was working at 93.1 DRQ in Detroit, which is a awesome CHR back in the early 2000s. And I was working for 96.3 WDVD over there, same cluster when it was ABC. And we were at a concert. It was our DRQ heat rave. We had like Shaggy, Ja Rule, Ashanti, Michelle Branch had this amazing show at the Palace of Auburn Hills where the Detroit Pistons play. And I just remember like all these people were lined up. It was a sold out show. Everybody's waiting to get in. And I, I just saw all these little six, seven, eight, nine-year-old girls just mouthing the words to a lot of the songs. And Shaggy, It Wasn't Me was like the big song that summer. <laughs> and we all, we all could sing along, right? And and I just remember like seeing the little girls singing the words of that song, and I'm like, "You should not be singing these words. Is this what I'm? Is this what I'm telling these girls is cool? Is this what I'm telling these girls they should aspire to?" And, and I just started to feel like I want to do something that builds more into people and shines encouragement to people rather than you know just championing that part of the lifestyle. And I still love the music, I love the beats, I love all that, but I was just like, oh. I just started to feel like a little bit of conviction on that. And and I had grown up, we didn't really have like Christian radio so much where I lived, but I liked the rock and the top 40 style of things. And I was like, you know, if we can program Christian music radio stations, like we program mainstream, you know, like CHR and hot AC, just it's a values format. I mean, we're, we're reaching people and sharing hope and encouragement through that, along with this great music that has a message to it that points people to God. I was just like, you know what? I feel like there's something, there's an opportunity here and maybe we could shine a light in that way. What's the difference between working for a commercial station and working for a nonprofit listener supported station? I've worked for a college radio station, so I understand some of the inner workings of that and that if you do have um, businesses that get involved with you, they they have to underwrite with their advertising. But does most of your... um, does most of the revenue for SOS radio come from underwriters or does it come from your listeners? So here's what's crazy about SOS. 
all of our revenue, all of our income comes directly from supporters that want to be monthly partners. We actually don't even sell underwriting at our station. Like what's so cool is our ownership, they, they, they just go, Hey, let's put on great programming and let's serve the community. And if we don't need to do the underwriting sort of thing, let's not. And the station's been around since 1972, just doing that listener supported model where we do a pledge drive a couple of times a year. And, and honestly, like when I came, you know, I did commercial radio my entire career until I came to this station and it, it was like, I don't know if I could do the listener supported thing is how I always felt. But now it's one of my favorite things because you realize like how your radio station is serving your community when people are calling in and they're sharing stories and they're talking about how they heard a song. And, and it's like God used the words at the right time when they needed it and it helped them through like tragedy. Like when we had that one October shooting, you know, that so many people lost their lives at, at the Route 91 Harvest Festival. And you hear the stories on the other side of that about how people were turning into the radio station or they were finding ways to plug in and help solve problems in the community through the projects the radio station was doing. And so when we share those stories, people champion that and they want to give to that and support that. And, and that's what's so cool about Christian radio is we have this amazing loyal listeners that that, that that go deeper than just like, oh, this is a channel that I like. It's like, no, this really is a lifeline to me. And that's what a lot of people share, like their words. We, we literally had like a, a billboard campaign that came out of just some perceptual research that we had done. And we're just asking people what they thought of the station and what dug out. And people just kept saying, I hear the right song at the right time. I hear this right words when I need them. And we put it on our billboards. And then we started seeing all these listeners say it back because it really was a value to them. So crazy, huh? What a, yeah, what a dream that would be for some of us programmers to not have to deal with inventory issues. <laughs> 10 minute spot blocks and stuff like that. So I know, you really get I to know. focus on the product. Um, and so you literally depend on your listeners, not mm -hmm. just for your ratings, but to keep the lights on. So being highly engaged with them is your top priority. You just mentioned the billboard and, and how that resonated um, so well across the community. So how, how do you um, stay so highly engaged with those listeners? And, and what are you doing with SOS, SOS Radio that could be translated to other brands in the commercial world? You know, I think it goes back to really asking the hard question, is the purpose of your radio station to actually serve your community? Or is it just to play music that people like? Or is it just to sell more spots and increase the revenue by another 5%? And I get corporate's going to say that's last, the latter of that. But for us, like as program directors, as jocks, we're personalities and we love the cities that we live in. So what we started doing was just asking our city. We started asking our mayor's office and asking our county and asking, obviously, we're, we're tied in with, with a lot of people in the church community, but so many of the nonprofits in Las Vegas are faith-based. And so we started asking a lot of them, like, you know, what is it that you see in your zip code where you serve or with the people that are coming in asking for help? And we literally asked our mayor, like, what are the biggest social needs in this city that haven't changed in 20 years? And, and she was able to just like rattle it off. Like in Vegas, number one, it's addiction. 
Number two, it's the breakdown of the family. Then it's jobs and homelessness, education, human trafficking. And now we've kind of added the racial tension, you know, to that as well. It's a pretty diverse city. So, you know, that, that, that there's, there's going to be an element of that. And so we started just like looking at that is, is can this be a funnel for us when we're looking at promotions, when we're looking at community engagement, when we're looking at what we do with a concert or what our jocks are going to talk about and plug in with? Like, are there issues that our jocks are passionate about? that they might want to champion or that the station as a whole is going to champion. So rather than just do another back to school drive where we're collecting school supplies, what if we look at like how we can take one of those ideas and so- solve a problem? And so that's kind of where, where we've gone with it. Like we're, what's a problem that we can solve tangibly, like 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 in a small way? And, and, and I say that giving you an example, like something simple, like when the rescue mission calls you and says, hey, uh, would, could we do a water drive or could we do a coat drive? And you say, well, okay, what's the need? Where's the problem? What's what are you seeing people asking for? And we had a rescue mission uh, had reached out and said, like right before summer in Vegas. And as you know, it gets like 115 degrees in the summer. And they said, you know, it's April and we're almost out of bottled water and our storeroom is almost empty. So could you help us restock that? And so we started looking at it like, okay, rather than just put them on the air and have an interview that's going to promote one thing, and you know, those things aren't super effective, so let's build a campaign around it. And so we started asking them questions like, how many bottles of water do you go through in a week, in a month, in a summer, in a year? Okay, that's a lot for a year. I probably can't solve that problem for you, but I can do more than a week or a month. So, you know, they said, you know, could we get like, you know, 90,000, you know, um, you know, you know, big cartons of water. And we're like 90,000. Okay. Like, you know, that's a lot, but really it's not when it's only three to five bucks each. Right. And so we said, let's stock the rescue mission with enough water, bottled water to meet every homeless need for the entire summer in Vegas. And so we cast that vision to the listeners. Then we can invite some of our community partners and some of the other nonprofits or churches or schools to collect water and donate towards that. And then together we can actually solve a tangible problem. So that's what we've been doing to, to serve the community, making it, making it a, a problem-solving situation. I love that, Scott. Um, you're, you're so right about being active and engaged in the community and and having a pulse on what's going on with your listeners. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why SOS Radio is so successful. As I mentioned at the top of the show, your station consistently performs uh, as a top-rated station and key demos, your morning show, also a top performer in Vegas. Um, And it just seems kind of strange as an outsider that Christian <laughs> radio station would be so popular in Sin City. So why do you think that is that SOS Radio is such a, a great performer in a highly competitive top 50 market? You know, I think everybody's looking for hope right now. I think encouragement is something that we can't get enough of right now. And I feel like our team, I want to give props to, to, to some of the, the teammates that I have, Therese and Cece and Chalmer and Robert, who have really just loved on this city and have just, you know, been voices of encouragement to this city. You know, they're, they're looking for ways to solve problems. And they, you know, they are personalities that get out there and they get on the streets and they serve and they help with charities and things like that. But 
but they're encouragers. And I think like during the pandemic, we just saw an opportunity where it was like, okay, what are people pushing that button for? If they have us as one of their presets, what are they really pushing that button for right now? When we're all hurting, we're all struggling financially. There's a lot of fear in the air. Let's just speak to those things. And so we just focused a lot of our efforts on delivering on that more consistently. And and, and it's just like for any station where you look at your perceptuals and you look at the things that your listeners expect from you, you look at the values that your company is trying to champion that you're trying to put on the air. And and we just sat around and just started just kind of spitballing and brainstorming and saying, what can we do to deliver better on the expectations that the listeners have for us? And that is that open encouragement. And obviously, you know, God's doing some amazing things when a Christian radio station's doing that well in Sin City, but it's not it's not clever programming. It's not that somebody on our team is better than somebody else on, a, on another team that, that we're competing with or whatever. We, we don't look at it like competition since we're non-commercial. We're just here to serve. And we're just one of the radio stations that's out here looking for tangible ways to do that. But but during the pandemic, we really just kind of just said, what are the things that we've been doing that kind of grew into something that aren't in, in our in our in our wheelhouse, you know, like that hedgehog idea that Jim Collins talks about in Good to Great. It's like, what are you known for? Are you a place of rescue, or are you a place of positivity, or are you a place of service? And one of those for us was being a problem solver. And so we've just leaned into those things, and then we stopped doing a lot of other promotions and a lot of other things that were taking our focus off of that. When our team was lean, and we were all, you know, either working from home or working from the studio, all the other half of the staff was working from home, you know. Yeah, we've all been through a lot of challenges this last mm-hmm. year with COVID. Um, I listened to your station for a little while today, and uh, yeah, you guys really do an amazing job connecting one-on-one with your listeners. Uh, you sound like you really care about them, empathize with whatever they're going through. Um, this last year's been incredibly lonely and isolating for a lot of people. So I do imagine a lot of people come to you guys for comfort and companionship. So with all of those challenges that we've had uh, over COVID, how have you navigated staying in touch with your audience, especially in like a work from home situation or where you're trying to keep your staff safe? Yeah. So gosh, that's, there's so many, there's so many things I could talk for an hour on, but I won't cause, cause I want, I want to hear more from Becky, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I, I would say, when it comes to just this season, you know, obviously there's what we do on the radio and that's number one. That's where most of the listeners really are coming for, especially if you're a local radio station, you can serve in that local way. There's so much opportunity to do that with all the consolidation that's been going on right now. And I think the stations that are really finding ways to hone in on their city and solve problems in their city and talk about the things that are on that city's heart and making the station sound where you plug in and when you, when you're, when you're hitting that button in the, in that quarter hour, you know that you're in that city, right? You know that we're, we're talking about the Golden Knights and we're talking about the Raiders and we were talking about one October this last month because we all had friends or family that were there or or our, or we have friends and family that were police officers or nurses or doctors that were treating the people that were that were coming in after that one October shooting. And, and, and I 
think that's the first thing is just making sure that you're in the moment with your listeners. But there's opportunity with all the consolidation and these voice trackers from other cities. Those of us that are local, you know, we can do a better job owning where we are, reminding our listeners that we're in this with you. But for those of us that do voice track and, and I've voice tracked for stations through the years and seeing, it, it's doing more research to plug in and to be a part of that and, and, and to listen to the station and making sure that there's a stationality that you're not doing this lone wolf sort of thing because it's your style. But there's a station personality that you're riding that wave of, that you're surfing along with your coworkers who are on the air. You know, we all want to say that, you know, what we what, what wins in the hall comes through the speakers and that works when we're all live and in the same building. But this last year showed us we, we couldn't be. But we still have that stationality and those station values that we all can do a better job incorporating and tying in and cross promoting our listeners, not just not cross promoting our, our coworkers, not just because it helps with ratings and gets more tune in throughout the day, but because we genuinely like these people and we genuinely listen to their show. And, you know, we have we have personalities on our station that call in on each other's show. You know, like my afternoon guy will call in on my show if I'm having a good a good discussion and, and I'll put him on the air. It's like, hey, we're all family. We're all doing this together. And I think that goes a long way when 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 your listeners are family and you're doing that through social media as well and incorporating all of those values to, you know, with your podcast and, you know, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and what you're doing there to build community and facilitate the discussions among listeners in the digital space. Well, that, that's a great segue into my next question. You're really active with your podcast. Uh, you invest a lot of time and effort into your social presence. So um, what platforms do you think are the best investment of time and effort for you and your brand? Where, where's your highest engagement and, and how do you use those to redirect people back to the radio station? Yeah, so uh, we look at it two ways, okay? There's I'm listening to the radio and we're telling you, hey, go on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever and connect with us. Okay. And we all do that. And there's a time and a place for that. But I think we do a little too much of that in radio today. I think there's a lot of people that are already in the digital space that would love our brand, would love our format, would love the conversations we're having. And we can do more intentional things to go into the digital space and grab those people and bring them back to what we're talking about on the radio, right? Or bring them back to the digital things that we're doing. And obviously podcasting is a great spot for that one. You know, we're all content creators, especially when you have a morning show of a, of a handful of people and you have a little more resources than maybe just the afternoon guy or the midday person who doesn't have a producer or a helper. Um, I am one that luckily does have a producer that is amazing. His name's Chris Gabriel, and he's doing a lot of the prep work and organizing and booking a lot of the interviews and things for me. So he keeps me focused on that spot, but writing a lot of the questions and things. But but we actually started recording our podcast digital first. So when I'm doing an interview with someone like Chuck Norris or someone like Max Lucado, who's a best-selling author, or you know Daryl Strawberry on our show, you know, who's working with a charity event here in town this last week. And it's like, okay, I'm going to have him on for that. We're going to invite him on because he's talking about the charity, but then we want to talk about life. It's not the greatest radio when you're just promoting, you know, uh, an event, it's, Hey, I've got this person as a guest and I'm going to talk about real relevant things and talk about life where the listener is. And so with the podcast, I record that like it's a podcast and then I break that up to put that on the air because I might talk to Daryl Strawberry for 20 minutes, but we know with PPM like that, that, that that's not going to fly. Like even with the listeners love Daryl Strawberry and we're huge Mets fans, they, they're driving to work. And if they've got to be at work at, you know, 
check in, clock in at 7.50, you know, you've got 10 minutes left. They're not going to do it. It just, it just doesn't happen. So what we do is I'll write the questions like with a grab about, hey, we're talking about, we're talking about what you do when you're struggling with a family member that's caught in an addiction and just isn't willing to own it. We're talking with Daryl Strawberry, Hall of Famer, blah, 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 blah. And then I ask the question and go in. And then I'll play that segment like it's a standalone segment. So I'll just kind of bounce that out of the podcast as like a particular track that I'm going to use on the air. It's like, I don't record the the interview like this is going to be question one this is going to be question two this is going to be question three for the for the morning show and then the rest of this is going to be the podcast extras it's like no we're going to have a conversation for 20 minutes we're going to record it straight through and i'm going to pick the best two to three segments and that's what we're going to use for the morning show and if i've got two or three other ones that were also great i'll save those and play those in a month and that's fresh content with with an a-list celebrity you know so that's what we do with our podcast. But we, we find that Facebook is still uh, the most engagement that we have with our listeners as we're kind of, you know, upwards of the, the the upper 30s to, you know, the fi- to 50 year old females. That's kind of where a lot of ours trends. Um, and so Facebook still gets us the best engagement on that. But Instagram is the other one. And we do more visual stuff on Instagram. And we're we're starting to do some more of the Instagram live and Facebook live and things like that. And we can go deeper and talk about a little more spiritual things on some of those uh, when we do like a Facebook Live that we may not go long form on a typical radio break. It's going to be more of the bite-sized encouragement and talking about topical stuff that invites the listener into a discussion. We've experimented a little bit with TikTok, but I think where, where our listener is, that hasn't been the best use of ours and having not a huge, huge staff, it's just what's the best allocation of resources. And for us at the current time, it's Facebook and Instagram, but we're also looking at other things is, you know, knowing that other things are developing and there's opportunity there, especially when you have the right video people on your team. Scott, I, I hear so much passion for your brand, for your morning show, um, just for radio, for the different platforms that you are exploring as far as expanding your reach. Uh, I've also been told that into SOS radio, you're passionate about coaching soccer. So, um, <laughs> how does uh, your work as a soccer coach influence you as a programmer? Uh, it's funny. I, I started coaching soccer for my daughter's team when she was like kindergarten or first grade. And we took her and her friend out to Freddie's. My friend Eddie and I coached this team. We're like, what should we name this team? And they're like, how about the pink and blue rainbow cheetahs? <laughs> I'm like, that is the perfect soccer team name for a kindergartner. I'm not sure how that'll fly in middle school, but that's where they are now. And they've officially changed their name. But you know, when it comes to soccer, I always say like, you got to cast vision. It's like if you want people to move towards something, you want people to grow, grow towards something, you know, you got to tell them where you're going. It's not just, you know, the individual plan for someone, but where they fit in on the team. You know, the, their role on the days where they're running hard and they're sweaty and it's 100 degrees outside plus and they don't want to be there and they'd rather be playing Fortnite with their friends or, you know, going, going and doing something else. It's like, no, here's where your role is on this team. And helping them to see the vision forward and where we're growing, uh, I think that's like one of the things that that I learned working with with little girls <laughs> is like, okay, we're all wearing pink and it's fun, but when it's hot and sweaty and there's drama and someone's mean to the other one, you're like, okay, here we got to redirect this to we're all on this team together and we're growing towards something. It sounds a lot like working with an air team, doesn't it? With personalities and drama. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, do, have you watched Ted Lasso? Can you relate to Ted Lasso? <laughs> I still don't understand that offsides thing. <laughs> That's my favorite line. <laughs> well, you know, Ted Lasso is all about treating people with empathy and compassion and always looking exactly. at the positive side of things. So I, there's probably a little bit of Ted Lasso in you, Scott. Um, well, hey, uh, as if it isn't enough that you stay occupied with SOS Radio, um, coaching your daughter's soccer team, you also uh, own and run a, a show prep and consulting service with another Christian radio programmer. So what is your favorite thing about helping others make their product better? Well, it kind of came out of a conversation. J.R. Reeves is at the Joy FM in uh, Tampa, and they're also like, the number one station in Tampa right now, like, like all like, like it's like three or four books straight. They've been like straight six plus number one, like amazing team. And we were sitting at a conference one day and we were just talking about how a lot of just radio stations in general, everybody's talking about the same stuff. It's like those prep sheets where everybody's rip and read. It's this day in history or whatever question of the day or the celebrity sleaze and people just read it and they don't make it that personal. And we were like, what's the idea starter that makes the same content different? for every person. And we were literally just like, maybe we should just like start an idea sharing service to do that. And that's kind of what creativecardio.com was. It was just more of like, it's a show prep service, but it was more of like an idea sharing service where it's like, you're sharing, you know, literally like interesting articles or topics or things like this week, we were talking about like, you know, somebody, there was an article about like the top fundraising things that kids do that actually make money for the school. And it was like, okay, how do you talk about that? Obviously you could share the information and that's what 90% of personalities do, but it's like, no, what's your personal story or looking into the characters of the story? Like, okay, here's my one kid that actually wants to try to sell stuff and I have another one that wants me to take it to work and, you know, send it out and blast it on Facebook and expect a million people to, to click like, or, Hey, can you just talk about that on the radio it's like no you need to go and sell it you know it's like i'm not gonna let you just text grandma call her make your sales pitch and so we're talking about things like that or like the 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 fundraiser that challenged you to you know to actually embrace something that might have tied into your career the fundraiser that that challenged that pushed you outside of your comfort zone when you were forced to raise money and sell oranges for soccer and and we just started sharing like ideas like that like what's your angle there's a there's a setting for every story there's personalities there's a character in every story there's conflict in every story and if you're looking at a good news story talk more about the conflict than just the encouragement talk about the way that that character overcame something talk about the setting that might be in your city or a city like it talk about it was in a school and you can tie it into hardworking teachers or understaffed nurses and you know and digging into those idea starters that's kind of what 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 we do with it so that's what makes me passionate about it is challenging each other to be better final question for you scott um as I mentioned a little while ago, it's been an extremely challenging year. We all know that, but it's been uh, a difficult year for people in, in the radio business and in, in the audio business and, and, with consolidation, with layoffs and, and whatnot. And uh, I appreciate and, and love Lloyd for creating this group and, and trying to encourage people in a, a difficult time to be in this business. What What is your word of encouragement? encouragement for people who are working in the audio space and and facing difficulties yeah we're, we're in a space where there's a lot of change that's not just coming but it's already been here and in every challenge there's an opportunity on the other side of it and every paradigm shift pretty much that's ever come in history came out of the adversity 
It came out of the challenge and it challenged someone to do things different. And this is a space where there's a lot of disruption and we can either run and get paranoid or just, you know, look on LinkedIn for other jobs outside of radio and think, what, what, what else could I even do? I've been doing this for 25 plus years. You go, okay, like you can run that way or you can say, where's the opportunity? And I mean, with the digital space, there's so much we can do as content creators. With social media, there's so many things that are free that we can start to do to get things off the ground, to try some things and to throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And look at the disruptions as an opportunity on the other side of it. It's like, this is a disruption that's pausing me, but it's given me time to look beyond it for that opportunity. Because there's a ton of them, especially with digital. Scott Harold is the program director and morning show host for SOS Radio in Las Vegas. Hey, Scott, thank you so much. Really enjoyed talking to you tonight. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me, Ashley. I appreciate it. I hope that everybody listening to this and everybody who will listen to this on a podcast also will just go back and listen to that again. I can't believe that that just happened on the Encouragers, the radio rally. They talked about brand. They talked about community. They talked about being local and the value of that. They talked about what is important to consumers in your market. And I can't even begin to talk to somebody like Scott about the value of him talking about what the opportunity is anytime there is a challenge. When there is downward pressure on something, there's also opportunity. I get so much pushback sometimes from some radio folks about using social media in different ways and morning shows. And it really is a choice of between, you know, pushing back and staying in your lane or using the opportunity. I do want to say thank you to Ashley and thank you to Scott. Of course, you can you can catch Ashley on the stream out of WAMZ in Louisville on the iHeartMedia app. And of course, you can figure out how to do that. You're, you're all pretty talented people. The Radio Rally is our weekly Monday opportunity to visit radio with our group, The Encouragers. Make your mark. If you've not liked or joined The Encouragers, please do so tonight. And of course, we have at least two live events every single week that are designed to help you grow your radio and audio careers. Our next guest, well-known in St. Louis and well-known inside Odyssey as someone who gets things done. She's worked her way up in two really tough and highly professional broadcast companies, Emmis and Odyssey. Both of these companies have CEOs who are known not to suffer fools lightly. And for Becky Domeeman, man, there it is again. Uh, to Damian. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. I just, you know, I just appreciate that. This is the encouragers and it's encouraging every time I hear your audio click on because I know it's like she's going to help me, man. I got your back, Lloyd. It's I good. know you do. I know you do. So, Becky, you know, it's really great that you have excelled in these atmospheres that are so different in different roles in both companies. It says a lot about the quality of your work, but it, but we want to go a little bit deeper than that. And you'll see we're going to do that. Becky is the Senior VP Market Manager for Odyssey in St. Louis today. Welcome, Becky, to the Radio Rally. How are you? Thank you, Lloyd. I'm great. Thank you for having me. And I just have to say, like, Scott, 
tremendous job. You are so inspiring and it's going to be tough to follow you. Your energy is just tremendous. And I can tell, (laughs) as Ashley said, you love what you do, which I believe is why we're all sitting in this room tonight, because we all have a passion for what we do. So well done. Exactly right. And listen, I think you can bring it too. Here's what a sales rep has said about you. This person is from the fan, and you you probably could tell us a little bit about that because it's part of your history. But here's what they here's what they said about you, Becky. They said Becky is a hardworking individual who knows how to get the job done quickly and effectively. She works well as a part of a team and functions as a leader every day. Becky has always exhibited superior communication skills and gets along with her staff and everyone around her. She's highly respected by employees, colleagues, and clients. This quote about you makes me think about what's important for leaders in our business today. How important is what I call communication leadership in a fast-moving radio cluster like the one you have today? I think it's the most important thing. You know, communication has always been such a core value to me. And I've been in leadership roles since I was 15, 16 years old. And it's interesting because people need that connection and they need that information to feel confident in what they're doing and like they're on the right path. And I think during COVID, we really learned a lot about how critical communication is, especially when you're and a lot of us are still in a lot of clusters and companies where some of us are in the office, some of us are not in the office, some of us are at home, some of us are hybrid. And connecting the dots between everybody is, I think, one of the most important things about my role as a market manager, making sure people know the vision, know the mission, know the purpose of what we're doing and why we're doing it, um, know what, what their expectations are. And I feel in my being that that is just such, if not the most important part of what I do as a leader. Right, I, I think, I think sometimes you. communication gets downplayed too much. Absolutely. And it's and it's it's like what Scott said, like this is not this is not brain surgery. I think there's some real important basic fundamentals of leadership and it's about hitting those basics and being really good about them consistently. And and communication's always been one of those for me specifically. It's so important for leadership because if it doesn't happen there, it doesn't happen anywhere. How has it been for you personally, speaking of our friend COVID-19, uh, yeah. you've had to deal with this COVID-19 world. Uh, do you feel like you have really gained about 10 years experience just in the last 15 or 16 months? I would say 20 years of experience. So I have been in the business for 15. And what's really unique about my career is that I have been able to stay in the same market, which is interesting. So I've been in St. Louis my entire career. And and one thing that I get some trouble about is, hey, you've never worked in another market in, in our business, in the audio business. And I always say, hey, I have been through probably the experience of working in three different markets and having all these different jobs in a matter of three and a half years that I've been in a market manager role here in St. Louis for Odyssey. And it's it's not just COVID. It is interesting because, you know, I, I'm not at Odyssey by design. 
Um, I was at Emmis for uh, 12 years before coming to Odyssey and Emmis was two of the Emmis stations were purchased by um, Entercom, who at that point, now Odyssey, obviously, purchased CBS radio. So Entercom purchased CBS radio, then purchased two of, of my Emma stations that I was with. And so it was my responsibility to merge everybody together to create this new culture and this new organization and really define like what is Entercom? What, who are we going to be with all these oh, brands? Yeah. And then, you know, about... Um, Two years, then COVID hit two years after I was a market manager. And uh, and then in 2020, um, my regional president, Doug Abernathy, came to me and said, hey, we're purchasing the uh, Urban One stations in St. Louis. Mm. So and that happened in November of 2020. So I had to merge over about 50 employees, both full time and part time, completely virtually. There was no meeting in person, not the typical welcome. And I really had to work hard to make sure that even though we're not together in person, that they felt like part of our organization and that we made them feel welcome and I connected them to the right people and that we made it a big, big deal for them to join our company. So that was something I never thought it wasn't in the handbook, Lloyd. That was oh, no, right? <laughs> I was like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I just it's it boils down to people. And and I feel as a manager, they are my they are my customers. And I feel like I feel like you know, you're leading us right now, which is really good because you're you've fallen <laughs> right into my next question. Yeah. Becky, how important are relationships today and what do you do to help your cluster, your team and individuals on your team understand the importance of relationship in securing long term clients? Absolutely. Um, I think they're critical. And look, people work for when I look at my own role and the managers I have on my department head staff, people work for people they respect, that they trust and that they like. And and it's the same thing on the client side, respect, trust, and they like them, right? You can have the best, the best solution in the world. But if you don't, you know, treat your client with you know, respect and ask good questions. If the client doesn't like you or doesn't have a relationship with you, it doesn't matter because they're going to buy it from the person down the street who they do like. And so I think we do a lot of different things to make sure we're nurturing and fostering those relationships. I'm big on that. And I think that, you know, for me, especially during the pandemic, you know, we're in more of a hybrid environment now, but we, Mm. um, I I wasn't, I wasn't bumping into people that I would just have hallway conversations with, like those organic interactions were not happening. And I felt like there was a lot of, you know, on air staff, part time staff, producers, board ops that would come in my office and we would chat that I wasn't connecting with. So I started. Well, doing, and, well you, you have know. to worry, right? You have to yes. worry that somebody doesn't feel appreciated. Correct. Somebody, you know, there's so many things. So many things to think about. So I started doing two things, proactive reach outs. And I did these virtual coffees with Becky where people could sign up and talk to me. And we would send them a Starbucks card and have coffee together virtually. And it was great. And it it kept me engaged with the Wait, wait. How do people see. react to that? How do people react to you, you sending know them Starbucks and going, hey, we're going to do this thing, right? 
Yeah, I think at, at first it was so funny because I told my boss it was sold out. It was sold out. It was so busy. It was so because people really did. They had a lot, you know, like, you know, Scott was saying with his idea collection company or right. consulting work that he does. They have people have a, most of the great ideas come from people that are on our team. Yes. And sometimes it's in the most, you know, not obvious places, right? Not always great ideas come from yeah. anywhere, right? anywhere, right? Yeah. And so that was part of my, um, I guess, piece of making people feel comfortable. Like, I let's talk about ideas. Let's talk about what's bothering you. Let's talk about what's going well. And honestly, it was really busy. And also keep in mind, I just merged um, the Urban One station, so there was a lot of people that I didn't know, and yeah. it really. It gave me an opportunity to get them, to know them so much better that when we saw them, when I met them in person for the first time, it was just like amazing. Like I, I think Becky, I cried. I'm going to put that on my top five. That's in my top five list of the coolest things that I've heard on the encouragers just as ideas for something yeah. that's so fundamental in our business. I, can you tell us about how you found your path into the radio business? Because you yeah. said it and, and you, you said that people, you know, the one knock they got on you is that, you know, you just done the St. Louis thing. And I actually think that right there, especially in these two companies is a further underscore of why people should respect you more. Yeah. Thank Tell you. us about you getting into the business and and what happened to you? You you ended up in radio. It's so again, not by design. Right. And I think probably a lot of us can say that. Um, so I have been it's so interesting. So I'm the oldest of six kids and I, I went to Mizzou uh, here in Missouri and, uh, you know, I've always been working from a really young age and. I've always been in leadership positions. It's always been something that's just been like a natural gravitational pull for me. But radio was so out of college. I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car um, and they have they're headquartered here in St. Louis. They have a very intensive. If those of you that are familiar uh, management training program where you work like 80, 90 hours a week and you're washing Absolutely. cars and your high heels and it's it's intense. And I loved it. But I realized that I was starting to notice our P&Ls and like, wow, we're making a lot of money and I'm really not getting a, <laughs> any of it. I'm not getting any of it. So I had a girlfriend that I went to college with, with and we had lunch and, and I'm like, tell me what you do again. And she told me I sell radio. I'm like, what do you mean you sell radio? Like, what do you sell? I don't understand. And so she told me she sell, sold advertising. And so I looked into it. I interviewed with KC95, uh, nice. one of the most iconic. I was 26 years old, had really not listened to KC much. Uh, great brand. And great, amazing brand. And um, I took a job in sales. And uh, everybody at Enterprise and Corporate America thought it was crazy. They're like, you're going to leave Corporate America stability for a hundred percent commission advertising sales for one radio station. I'm like, yep. And it was the best thing I, it was the best thing I ever did. So, so that's how I got into business. Yes. This is about money. And it's also so, about, yeah. you know what I learned? It's about, yeah. that was back in the, the agency in a market like my, you know, St. Louis's top 25 market agency. Mm -hmm. heyday. I remember 
coming in and salespeople were sitting at their desks with coffee, reading the paper, and the orders would just come off the fax machine. Yeah, like, right. Is this how the is this how that works? And my boss at the time's like, you don't have any accounts. You're gonna go out there and get direct <laughs> business. And I did. And I'm so glad I started in the business that way. I think I think it really helped make a good impression on me for the rest of my career, being able to go out there and, and help advertisers and find solutions for their business that help move the needle. And um, I'm really, really thankful that I was able to start with Casey and in that way. Absolutely. And I, Becky, I want you to close your eyes right now because I want you to think about when you came into Casey and you had that, no, no, this is not going to work like this for you. You don't have any clients. You have to go get them, right? Yeah. And then I want you to, to zoom forward in your mind, almost like that last moment that you get where your life's supposed to zoom past you, okay? Now you're this big, powerful market manager, how important is sales training today to to somebody like you with your team? I'm a bit, you know, I'm still running sales meetings every other week. I, I really, and the biggest component that we focus on in meetings is training, Lloyd, 100%. I think mm. it's more important now than I, I, I would argue that it's ever been before. And it's because you know, we got to get away from the product, the product, the product, the product to the process and really learning how to identify the true need for our customer. Right. Asking more questions. Listening. It's so important to listen to them. Right. Yeah. And training, not training, you know, at Odyssey, we're so fortunate enough to have there is a million different things a salesperson can sell. It is impossible to know it all. And, you know, what you really so what you need to do is figure out what the problem is. And there's all kinds of wonderful people in the company that can help find the right solution. And so we don't right. need them to be experts on everything. We just need them to be, you know, five minutes dangerous to not have a conversation and then we'll help them with the rest. And I think we focus. I've even had clients come into sales meetings and talk about why they've met with certain salespeople and why they don't. And the ROI they get from so our stations, and it's so, and it real, and that's salespeople pay attention to that more than anything. You know, it's like well, okay, see, I feel clients. like you're, I feel like you're saying, look, the company is filled with experts for doing a lot, a million different things. Okay, yes. so what do we need? We need relationship experts, and that's what we want to teach our people to be. Is that kind of it? Yeah, I think it's it's and it's not being afraid to to ask the tough questions, you know, right. And, you know, when you've got clients and customers who you're doing your part, but maybe something is on their end um, isn't lining up correctly, they're not going to get the optimal result. So That's making right. sure that you're digging into that and, and it's a partnership. Right. And I think, that yeah. It, a partnership needs a solid relationship as a foundation in order to succeed. And so it, it does go back to everything. I feel like everything in our business and in leadership goes back to relationships and people. Well, Every I got one more for you that I'm, I'm going to guess just in the brief amount of time that I've known you, that you're going to be good with this one, too. Let's talk <laughs> about creativity for a minute. We know yeah. that ratings play an important role in production of revenue. I mean, yep. we know it does. OK, because that gets attention. What about creativity, storytelling and sharing ideas with clients? What about uh, that? People will remember they are not going to remember a statistic or a data point. 
yes. they're going to remember the story. And and I think it goes back to to our, our when we talk about content and what's going out over the air and, and on our different platforms. It's about storytelling. And, you know, in our business and in our cluster in St. Louis, it's interesting. I've always kind of been a ratings agnostic leader. I, I ratings are great when you have them, but you can't control them in some aspects. You can control Ooh. them a little bit, but we sell and when we have them, it's great. And when we don't, we're OK because we sell ideas and concepts. And it's really important to, uh, and you know, Scott sounds like he would be an amazing, engaging, sales-friendly brand manager. No kidding, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's that's where I, I lean on my program directors at Odyssey, we call them brand managers mm -hmm. so much because they know what our audience is going to respond to. They are the experts in that. And so right. they're super engaged in sales meetings and promotions meetings and, we do a good job of just sharing, hey, here's what happened with this client and this client, and here's something that, you know, this talent is involved in that you might not know about, and making, my mm -hmm. job is to connect those dots so that we are creating great stories and coming up with excellent ideas that move the needle. I love it. Let, let's shift the attention for just a minute. We know yeah. that there are ambitious people thinking about their future in this business right now, okay? Yeah. For, for sales managers who will listen to this, either live now or on our podcast when it goes live later tonight. Can you talk about the differences in the levels between when you were general sales manager or director of sales and now being the senior VP and market manager so that those folks can kind of get a little taste of, oh, wait, it's really like this? Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. I just got done reading a couple of weeks ago, John uh, Maxwell's The Five Levels of Leadership, and I really recommend it because he does such a great down, a great job of breaking this down so simplistically and practically. But, you know, at the end of the day, being a leader is about influencing and growing people to be the best that they could possibly be. That's what it's about. It's about helping people achieve their optimal levels of success. My number yes. one priority every day is growing my team. And, and so as a GSM, that's gonna be your salespeople, right? That's gonna right. be, you're in charge of growing your salespeople, doing one-on-ones with them, going on calls with them, helping to, you know, understanding their talent so you can help bring the best out of them. Then you go to a DOS, your posi position is managing the managers, the GSMs, making sure the sales strategy is set up, you know, the way it's supposed to be, making sure there's good structure with support and communication. And then you go to my level, you know, mission and vision for the cluster, but also making sure I have the best people in the best places. And it, it's tempting sometimes too, because I'm, I'm a doer. Most managers are doers. And Ooh. when you start at that GSM level, you kind of you want to like just an AE has something you're like, oh, give that to me. I'll do it for you. And and it's really, I think, something that we have to be mindful of. And yeah, that's of. called trouble. That's called trouble. You have <laughs> yeah. to say, it, it, it takes I always say short term pain, long term gain. Take it's going to take you longer to explain something to somebody and coach them through it. But long term they're going to learn so much and be so better off for that. And so I think it's just your sphere, your sphere of influence just changes as you move up. And mm -hmm. it's it, it, as you move up into DOS and to market manager, it's it's more about empowering others to do the things that you need them to do so that the cluster and the organization can be successful. 
So true. Listen, in today's go, go, go world, right? Because we know everybody's on the move. Nobody has any time. How do you keep your team balanced and make certain that the people on your team feel appreciated? And and how do you encourage people who are actually making Odyssey St. Louis happen in all the ups and downs that is, of course, the 21st century media business? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, when it comes to being being everywhere is impossible. Right. So, however, I when I even when I was a salesperson, I used to always say you've got to be present to win. You got to be present to win. You know, we have uh-huh. little boxes of contesting. And it's yes. like I always remember I went to every remote. I went to every appearance. I was there. And there's so much to be said for just showing up. And I think I'm I'm a Libra. Right. So I'm balanced and judicious by nature. And I think that like, okay, if I've done I have two news talk stations in St. Louis, if I've gone to like a couple of news talk events in a row, I need to go to my music stations and make sure I show up at their events and making sure I'm really dividing up my time in a mindful and intentional way um, across our footprint and also making sure. I'm showing up for the things that really matter. You know, as Scott talked about things that move the needle with the community, um, things that have our big key accounts involved in them, um, mm-hmm. things that are super important to the talent. You know, our talent have so all these amazing stories and causes and, and showing up for the things that are important for them. It pays off tremendously from a relationship standpoint. And then, yes. You know, we recognize our employees uh, here in St. Louis in a multitude of different ways from peer. We have a lot of peer recognition awards that we do um, at uh, at Odyssey and we do those quarterly. But we also give a lot of what we call high fives and fist bumps on a regular basis. And I'm really into I give recognition positively all the time. I think it's so important when you catch somebody doing the right thing, you tell them. Yes, that is Keep doing that. That is awesome. And I think that gets missed a lot and it's so critical. But also in our staff meetings, people light up when their peers compliment them. And so we create spaces for people to recognize each other. And it's done such a wondrous thing for our culture, holistically. I'm going to tell you something. You said a couple of really powerful things there. Of course, you know, people think, all right. You know, how important it is to recognize people. Well, actually, I think it's the building blocks of a really powerful, close-knit organization. But you also said something that I want to go back to. You said showing up. What is? Yeah. What did you say? Must be present to win. Well, yeah, uh, it must listen, be present. Listen, <laughs> listen, this yes. is worse than you think, not better. Okay, I actually think most people don't show up. So that means this is an area in which your competitors will not show up. And I am big on not focusing on competitors. But in this one scenario, if your people are trained to show up all the time, to be there, to be that relationship with with your listeners, to be that relationship with the community, be that relationship with clients, it is going to have a powerful payday. So, so absolutely. So. We kind of talked about this a little bit offline. You were an early adapter to selling digital, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. or, or was that something that you learned across time? I think people always want to know that, especially with a big market manager. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? And and how do you help sellers learn to be passionate about those tools along with your over-the-air products? 
Yeah, I definitely was an early adopter to uh, digital because as Scott mentioned, you know, I think some people can sit there and deny that, you know, things change and the business changes and we evolve and some people can embrace it. And when you embrace it, again, that challenge can turn into a fantastic opportunity. And no doubt. I, I I really did, and I continue to, and it's super important. It, it, you know, digital is our biggest growth revenue uh, stream at Odyssey, you know, as a company, company-wide. Mm-hmm. And if we are not asking the right questions, and we're somebody, all of our, every single one of our customers is spending digitally. You whether better it's with believe us it. or not, all of them. And, and, and by I, the way, so is everybody else's customers. Correct. Everybody, yeah, it's ha- this is not a trend. It's the thing. It is. It is. And, you know, I also think you have to think like a consumer. So yes. I am very engaged in social media. I lead by example on that area. I make sure my LinkedIn is up to date. I, I think it's I think people get paralyzed when they think again too much about the products and the mm. technical aspects of how everything works. And you have to think more about how is the mom and down the street using Google, how is she oh, using yeah. Facebook? And how 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 can we have really intelligent conversations with our clients about that? And I think with our salespeople, it's about making them feel confident. The execution mm. piece is so big, making them feel confident, not only to ask the right questions and that we're gonna help them with the product piece of it, which we do, but also right. that it's gonna be executed. And I gotta tell you, it's so great when you have a a big digital client and you're sitting with them and going over the recap and you can just show you know very tangibly the data of where customers are coming from and that's super super powerful um and it all everything works together because we're all consuming so many things at one time um really showing how radio with digital and our other you know offerings holistically work better we've actually done research at odyssey where um, clients that spend at least on three brands plus digital. Thank you. It's about bring it a hundred times better retention than bring those that it. don't. So yes, ma'am. We look at that. We look at it every quarter, and we pull it, and we look at okay, where are clients spending their dollars? And we have conversations with the AEs that might have a client spending on one brand. Okay, then we need mm-hmm. to go meet with that customer. Let's come up with a game plan, and so. That's um, a study that's ongoing with us. But the more um, products that you have um, in the portfolio with a customer, the better the retention is going to be and the better the ROI is going to be for them, too. So Yay. now, Becky, you you probably are not aware that we have a Wednesday live event that we do every week as well called Innovation and Audio. And I'm going to bring this up because you were reminding me of someone who was on Innovation and Audio, and he's the director of something called the Microsoft Garage in New York City. You can find this on our podcast, by the way. And he said something very interesting that sounds like a version of what you said just a minute ago. We were talking about uh, how you deal with your brand and how you strengthen your brand with customers and, and especially with end users. And he interrupted me and he said, there is no such thing as an end user. And I said, well, what do you call them? And he said, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he, he said, it, yeah, Human he beings. said, look, 
it drives me so crazy in the tech industry that we have all these terms for them. They're people. That's who they are. And yes. I think that you are very sharp for instinctually knowing that. And and I'm sure that's a great part of your leadership in St. Louis. So I get to ask you my final question here, which is, you know, look, the St. Louis market is certainly robust. It's fast moving. It's very, very interesting. And with all you see in that market and everybody's perspective is different, right? No matter what level or what market you're in, give us your view of the future of the radio business. Um, I think we have to be multi-dimensional. You know, back when I first started, it was one dimensional. It was, what do you call it, forward out the door and that was it. I mean, really embracing technology, embracing the platforms that are out there. They all, at the end of the day, you know, it's interesting. One of my one of my stations has finally like got a great digital content system. Mm. Their ratings are going up because Hello. they're engaging with their listeners in so many different ways. And again, that goes back to the the customer thinking about the listener and you know somebody might listen to a show and then go on their instagram page and they're going to talk about something that they're going to bring up the next day in the show and it creates a tune-in session and you have to be multi-dimensional you have to be willing to have great compelling content um and an audio right now and even like you know lloyd reevaluating things like ashley mentioned the 10 minute stop set and it caught my attention <laughs> because i'm like you know, I talk about that all the time. I'm like, we really need to look mm. at our stop sets because think about just podcasts and, and digital audio and what that what that experience is like. For oh, it's for real. Right. Oh, yeah. And think about That's that. So there's all these things that we need to continually evaluate. But I do. And the data backs it up. Audio's hot right now. We're all, you know, very, uh, I, I think, fatigued from screens. And so podcasts yes. and storytelling and, and and content that's local to our communities is like a breath of fresh air at the and end of companionship. the day. And companionship. Yes. Yes. Okay. And and look, I, I've been saying, I swear to you, don't make me like an old timer person because you will get hurt. Okay. <laughs> I have been saying this since 1985 and I swear right now, I, I probably shouldn't swear, you know, w with uh, Scott being right over there, but, but I'm just going to say that that it hasn't changed not one bit this thing that i'm about to tell you yeah. right? and you'll hear me say this as we close here in a few minutes once you have a radio station you can get anything else you want and i swear that's the truth it's more true today than it's ever been because you can do so many things and we can explode in so many different platforms and becky i just want to thank you for being on the encouragers the radio rally uh, you you are an absolute blessing for this event. Oh, thank you so much, Lloyd. It was an honor for you to have me here. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to stick around for a few minutes. We might have people who have a few questions for you here at the end. You know, every single week, we have visits with radio pros in different parts of the country who do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. This is also where you can come and you can hear from people that you might not ordinarily get to hear together in an intimate setting, talk about radio right now, and you can meet them in our clubhouse events. 
follow the people on this stage at this live event, look around the room, connect with some other folks here. We are big believers in networking on the encouragers. Our purpose is to encourage you. Networking is a big part of encouraging your career in radio. Don't forget, next Monday, check this out, October the 18th, Mike Biddle, Program Director, Afternoon Host, 94.7 QDR, Curtis Media Group, Raleigh, North Carolina. Wait till you see the revenue they're pulling down. And they're doing it because of quality of brand and a lot of really quality work. He's going to talk with us about that. You do not want to miss that. We are here on Clubhouse every single Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, to encourage you. We're going to open up our room in case there are questions from you for our guest right now. All you have to really do is push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or your Android device that looks like a little hand right down there. We'll bring you up to the stage. We do ask that you mute your microphone if you do come up. You can check in anytime to get the latest update as we continue to add guests. We publish our full updated schedules at RainmakerPathway.com. That's also where you can get fresh and free resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. So please, of course, share it with other people. We don't lock away anything on our website because we're actually here to encourage your career. We believe in the theory of abundance, which means we give a lot away because we think it's we think this practice is very important don't forget wednesdays on clubhouse we have our live innovation and audio event with skip dillard from wbls and hot 97 in new york city as usual we'll have two guests but just like normal on innovation and audio, only one will be from radio itself. The other will either be somebody who usually handles or works consistently with innovation itself, or they may not be tied directly to radio or even audio itself. It's our way to give you a different perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course, innovation. This Wednesday, just two days from now, on live, uh, our live event called Innovation and Audio, October 13th, we have Patrick Bangert, who is the VP of Artificial Intelligence at Samsung G uh, SDS in San Jose, California. Also, Shasta Lynn Michaelis, who is the PD of Cumulus's KSAN 107.7, The Bone in San Francisco. You definitely will want to be a part of that. So let's talk questions for today's guest, Becky or Scott. And of course, uh, I have the first one. I'm going to I'm going to hit up Scott first. You know, Scott, you talked about a lot of really interesting guests that you have. This is a two-part question. I want to know what it's like being a radio station like yours in Sin City, because that's already been brought up a few times. I want you to get a full chance to to reference that. And also, dang, if I don't want to know, what's it like to talk to Max Licato? That had to be incredible. Yeah. Oh, Max Licato is like, you got to have him on your podcast. Talk about encouragers. That's what that guy is all about. Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, he's written like 50 books. And oh, yeah. All like, they all dig into that. No, he he's genuine. It's just like, it's just having a conversation like you have with any anyone else. It's just like when you're hanging out with your clients and you're finding ways to solve their problems or you're just, you know, sitting down with a friend over coffee. It's like, you know, he's, you know, I, I just, I just try to find like topical nuggets of things that we can talk about or where we are in life. You know, he happens, he has an aortic aneurysm that he was just diagnosed with as a matter of fact. And so wow. I was talking about, okay, you know, 
you've been writing a lot of books talking about walking with God. Like what, like what have you learned about praying now that you're going through something like that? You know, and you just go like, and, and someone yeah. like him who has so much more wisdom than I'm ever going to have and has studied so much richer and deeper than I have, you know, and he mm. can speak to that. But then, you know, and, and I just walk away encouraged because, 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 because he's able to see through the craziness of the situation today and look at the long game, you know? Oh, that's so true. And that we're getting to talk about that a lot with both Scott and Becky tonight. Becky, my final question for you, how difficult is recruiting sellers in 2021? And, and, and look, uh, uh, do y'all try to do some unconventional, unconventional types of recruiting as well? Cause I feel like radio, I feel like radio should be doing that. Absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing, it is difficult, but you cannot wait until you have an opening. I think that's the biggest thing no any manager needs to know. You always need to have a bench, even when you, and right now everybody is recruiting, right? Like I look on LinkedIn and there's like post yeah. after post after post of, of positions and you'll fill them quicker when you're always talking to great people. And, and I think you know, to talk about out of the box thinking, you know, a lot of us get those LinkedIn messages that are the, the template message. Hey, of I'm course, with blah, blah, blah. very impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it's like being personal. Again, it goes back to your theme of relationships is, you know, yeah. when I see somebody who has a great background, and I might have a mutual connection. I really personalize a note for them, you know, that's directed directly to them and, and what I'm impressed with specifically. And that's worked very, very well. Um, you know, obviously our best source of, of recruitment candidates is referrals. But I also think, you know, I think we also have to think outside of our industry. You know, when I first Absolutely. became a sales manager, I recruited two people from enterprise and I had to spend a lot of time training them and investing in them. But they ended up being very successful and right. one of them still in the business. And so thinking outside of our industry and thinking about like minded, um, you know, business categories that have people that are very consultative and, and you mm -hmm. know, can move really fast and multitask and be disciplined and all the things we, it's more about talent versus experience. And I think um, that's, a, that's a, a different way to approach it versus, okay, I need a salesperson. I'm gonna go look at, you know, the competition or, you know, people that yeah. are in the market for a long time, right? Wonka, so. wonka, wonka. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah, we, gotta right, think right. we gotta think differently. Well, and Becky, I know that you could tell this about me. I don't care who you are. I will call. I, I don't care who you are. I will call you. I will yes. engage you. And and today, I want you to think about this. And, you know, here's the here's the old joke or whatever you want to call it. In the old days, everybody's like, man, you know, we don't want to give the government too much information. You know, we don't want to be wiretapped or anything. And now we just give it all away yes. on these social media platforms. I can learn so much about you. It's absolutely frightening. And you don't have to do a thing, right? You don't have to do anything. Well, yeah. listen, we do try to keep these things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can come and listen. No one is required to ask questions. People do get a little nervous about doing that. Thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you think would be a great guest on the Radio Rally, email me, F-O-R-D, at RainmakerPathway.com. We 
hope that you have a great week. This is our booster for you. We do two of these a week, by the way. We like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. A big thank you to Ashley for being our great pitch-in co-host. She will be back, by the way, if I can beg her enough, because she's so good at this. And of course, we do want to say thank you to Becky and to Scott for being our patient and very giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers Radio Rally podcast, which will be available probably in any minute now because Joe does such a great job at this. He gets these things up so fast. And of course, uh, you, you know, JustJoeProductions.com creates our audio footprint and distributes our podcast. We're so grateful for that. Please do share our podcast. We have to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast and the Encouragers Innovation in Audio podcast with others you know that are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both of these podcasts are available right now on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please do remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of our Monday, the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night.